0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 336, I get to welcome back on the show one of our favorite mentors, Sally Clarkson.
1: And so I I do think, I mean, it's different for different women, but I think when you find yourself getting angry over small things or crying too easily or whatever it is, that's yourself talking to yourself saying, okay, there's something going wrong here. What can we do about it? I I talk to myself all the time, but I I (laughs) notice that when I'm, when I'm really grumpy or angry or whatever, I have to look inside and go, okay, I am depleted. What am I, what am I going to plan and do about it? Because it is such a marathon and, and I learned probably in my mid 40s more than any other time that if I wasn't taking care of my emotional, physical, mental health, no one else was going to. Yeah. And so I I started making plans for what that looked like.
0: Sally played a huge role in my mothering journey. And so it's only appropriate that as we move closer to the launch of my book that I would have Sally back on the podcast. And this topic, I know y'all are so overwhelmed. There is so much we've been carrying for so long. And I thought it would be helpful to hear from one of our mentors about how she has been navigating her own storms of life and the anchors she's found to be able to walk through them with grace and hope. I was reading in Romans 5 today, and it was just another reminder that it is faith it's faith which is all about believing there is more than our circumstances and it's standing in grace that our position with a holy god with a god who is bigger than us is we get to stand in grace that we obtained through christ and his sacrifice so join me in this conversation i I'm just hoping it is sweet balm to your weary soul. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Sally, what a joy to be with you, man. You have walked us through a lot of things and we just have republished a conversation. You and I had eons ago. That was such an encouragement to moms and they've been reposting. And so I thought, what a great opportunity to have you back Mm. on because and I've said this on other episodes, but moms have carried the brunt. I know there are nurses and doctors and so many people that are exhausted. And I do believe that's true. And I know there are moms that are doctors and nurses that are doubly burdened, but I just think we're holding all the things together in a way that, um, I don't know that we fully will grasp for maybe two years or three years from now, all that our souls have been through.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I just was with a, teacher actually at my boy's school and her husband passed away from brain cancer 2013 mm-hmm. and she said it was actually the second or third year after he passed that were the hardest and i think there's this delayed grief
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're you're drowning your book is help i'm drowning because that so resonates with the overwhelm of mm-hmm. all the emotions coming at us while still living life while still keeping mm-hmm. people fed and clothes on backs and school form signed and if you're homeschooling keeping all those lessons going well, and the late night talks uh,
1: you know with oh, the kids and the you know the fun that your younger ones want to have with you and yeah
0: it's i mean it's a lot <laughs> and then you throw on all this pandemic business and you've walked through a ton and you've had an international relocation and your own health stuff and kids going through things and where do we find firm a firm place to stand when we're drowning.
1: I know. Well, you know, um, and I, I, I want to be sure I don't give reductive answers because right. right? I think it's so easy for people to just say these phrases that, uh, oh, just trust God. And, yeah. and then that makes you feel guiltier because you think, well, I guess I should trust him, but I'm feeling pretty doubtful or I'm feeling overwhelmed or, you know, I've, I've blown it, you know, and, and so I feel like one of the things as I look back. Number one, and, and, you know, this is just my personality. Everybody has a different one, but I was shocked at the onslaught of storms, the constancy of emotional storms and um, just exhaustion storms. And I mean, whatever it was, uh, storms in marriage, having miscarriages, having crazy Christians
0: that um, were mean, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many. I think that things- expectation that we can trust people who have the same faith we have, and then being greatly disappointed when they let us down and they aren't who we Mm -hmm. think they're going to be.
1: Well, and even maybe you thought motherhood was going to be a certain way and you have different kids or you thought marriage was going to be a certain way. But I realized that I wasn't trained or prepared uh, for the life that I ended up living. But um, as I look back, um, you know, in my 60s, I can see uh, how... I was never alone, and um, I think that I, what I compare it to is that you don't know sometimes that you're a toddler when you first start out, and that um, toddlers have to cry, and they have to learn to walk, and um, they have to push forward with their mental, emotional, physical muscle to become fully adult, and so as I look back, I kind of wanted to champion and maybe companion women along their way to let them know, yes, life is hard, but it's what you do in the midst of a storm oftentimes determines the legacy of the rest of your life. If you give up your ideals when you're tempted to give up your ideals, then oftentimes um, that does have an impact. And so I wanted to kind of reveal what I went through and then say, there are ways forward, but is it hard? Yes. And do you sometimes need to lament? Yes. So it was just more of a, me looking at, you know, my life as an older woman and saying, I wish I'd had somebody who had told me some of these secrets along the way. So that's what the book is about.
0: Okay. We need some secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. were <are> there <laughs> some ways forward, like, like totally what you're saying. Let's acknowledge the emotion. Let's lament. There's a great book by She Reads Truth that teaches you how to write a biblical lament. It is my favorite resource for someone who's grieving. Mm. So we lament, we acknowledge a lament always ends with a reminder of God's character and who he is in the midst of it. And what's our way forward. Right.
1: And I I think too, that, um, you know, sometimes we need to be straightened out. I mean, sometimes you didn't know how messed up you were.
0: (laughs) So tell me more about that. Like, what do you mean? I think
1: all of us, every single family is broken in some way or the other because all of us are, you know, live in a fallen world. And so maybe you um, bring baggage of the voices in your head of your uh, mom never telling you you were loved, or uh, maybe you were performative, you know, or maybe uh, whatever it is, or maybe you were abused and nobody knew it. So when we come into motherhood, Sometimes we don't even know that the voices in our head and the patterns that we're repeating are things that God wants to heal and correct. And then sometimes, you know, the family that you have, I have um, two clinically OCD kids. Um, I wrote a book called Different A Story of the Out of the Box Boy and the Mom Who Loved Him. And I didn't know about clinical OCD, I didn't know what that was. Um, I can look back and see that when Nathan was 18 months old, he cried screamed, rolled on the floor every day when I would put his shoes on. But one day, I actually tied the the shoestrings on his shoes exactly the same um, length, 18 months old. And he went, oh, thank you, mommy. That's what I wanted. And um, so that was the beginning of me understanding, oh, my goodness, my precious little boy. um, There's something going on because he was so calm when I could do but helped him to feel centered in his world. So I have an extroverted OCD person. And then my daughter, Sarah, just wrote a book about it. Um, I said, you don't have to write about it. You know, it's your story to tell. And she said, I really, I'm ready. And I want people to understand that they're not alone if they have issues. So I'll let you What's say, her so book? Me, What's her book? This Beautiful Truth. And it's really more about um, the goodness of God in a fallen world, mm-hmm. um, how you find that. But um, it's a gorgeous book. Um And so I guess what I wanted to say, ultimately, uh, to begin with, is that there is no perfect family, there's no perfect mom, there's no perfect dad, but your circumstances define the story that you can live with grace, and with beauty and with goodness. And so I just wasn't expecting all of the onslaught of all of the different things that continue to keep coming, let alone things like COVID and, and all that's happened this year and all the political um issues and all the stuff that's happening all over the world right now and so i had to kind of learn to get my sea legs and how not to be a victim i was reading and the storm happened here the disciples are they're sincere they're following christ they gave up their whole lives everything and then they get on a boat and they're kind of like really i mean you you're gonna just let us drown after we've been following you and um the interesting thing is Jesus didn't say, Oh, bless your heart. I forgot. He said, are you ever going to have faith? And so I really, I thought, Oh, you know, cause sometimes in my life, Jesus wanted me to grow up a little bit because it was in facing my storms, learning to walk through them that I had, I was humbled. I learned a lot. I, I had more compassion for other people going through storms. And so It says in Romans, God causes all things to work together for good. And when I would hold fast to his goodness, and I would say, I don't know what you're doing. I feel confused, overwhelmed, but I know you're good. And teach me what I need to know in this place. And so I feel like the story that you live becomes the platform for your compassion for other people.
0: My confession is that I will often go to the effort to take care of the physical needs of my kids and my husband, but not the extra mile to take care of my own needs, particularly in the area of razors. That's right. I will go to the grocery. I will purchase a razor for my son who's learning to shave his face, but I do not go through the hassle of getting past whatever lock is on the female razors. I don't know why there are female razors, but there are. And so I'll steal my husband's in the shower. That is until Athena Club reached out to me and said, hey, would you try our razors and our products? And I was like, it's better than stealing from my husband. So they sent it to me and I'm in love. I literally, and I'm not joking, This is not just for the ad. I get excited when it's time for me to take a shower and I get to use their razor because it's so smooth. I don't cut myself. I use their products. They have this cloud, dreamy shave foam. that My skin is so soft and hydrated and smooth afterwards. And then it's really cute. I got to pick my handle cover. I picked a rose gold with a like coral pink kind of, goes with my brand a little bit. Anyway, the best part is the razor kit is only $9 and it comes with two blade heads and a magnetic hook that you can even keep for shower storage. I'm telling you, this razor blade is surrounded by a water activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid. I don't know what that means, but it is a holy grail for skincare. If you want to show your skin you care and take care of yourselves, mom, check out the Athena Club razor kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use the promo code DMA. That's athenaclub, athenaclu com, And the promo code is DMA to get 20% off. <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of the moms that listen have young kids or they're into elementary school, and every person goes through their unique journey of hard. And I think it's really helpful for them to hear that all through your story, it's been different hards and it's been diagnoses or it's been challenges or it's been circumstances. And yet they haven't been wasted their. Purpose was in you recognizing God's goodness despite everything. And I think so often we're trying to be the ones who keep the hard thing from happening. We're like orchestrating right. and putting that pressure on ourselves. Well, it's so much future thinking if I don't do this, if I do this, then this is going to happen. If I don't do this, this is going to happen as if we have all this control. And that's exactly. where I think the humility comes in of, oh, I did all the right things. And this still happened. I still had a child who struggled with addiction, or I still, you know, this diagnosis was in their wiring from the beginning and all those hard parts of discipline when they were toddlers were just warning, like letting me know there's something else going on. So we're trying to keep our lives ordered. We think we have this false control over what's going to happen. And Mm -hmm. what I hear you saying is the storms will come. The storms will come and God is there. Mm -hmm. The faith, it's not like, well, you just need to trust God more, but your faith is developed. It's not a requirement to get out of the storm, but it's a byproduct of the Mm -hmm. storm. Is that what I hear you saying? Well, I think that,
1: um, you know, faith is very related to your personality. Mm. Like for me, uh, faith was saying, you know what, God, it doesn't feel. Good, but how do I trust you at this very moment that somehow you're working good things out of this terrible situation? And for me, it was it was letting go of the fear. You know, I, I put it in the file drawer of heaven. God, I, this is too big for me. Like it says in Psalms, this is too much for me. I, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm not going to carry it. I'm going to refuse to worry about this at the moment because I've seen that you are good. And um, I even look back on things like my four kids, by by God's grace, are doing well in general. You know, they all need more money and more jobs.
0: <laughs> Do we ever not need that? Yeah, I was like, uh, add me to that list. Add me to that yeah, list. I mean, yeah,
1: but sometimes I look back now and I feel like some of my wonderful friends tried to overprotect their children, like to keep mm. them, to control their lives, to keep them from having hard times. Well, we couldn't. We had a lot of hard times. Um, You know, we were rejected by family in some cases. We um, were criticized for our ideals. We um, moved 19 times, seven times internationally. And so Clay and I decided that maybe we just needed to walk with our kids through the hard times to have compassion on their hard times and yet to give them wisdom along the way. And sometimes we feel like now our kids in adult world, They were not shocked by the hard things they faced. They weren't shocked by the disappointments because we had experienced it all together and walked through it together um, as much as we knew how to, by faith, trusting in God's goodness, um, companioning them. And I feel like it developed their muscle for being able to stand strong in a very hard world.
0: It's kind of like that resiliency that we always say kids are resilient but I was meeting with some teachers a couple years ago. This was before COVID. And they said, we're actually seeing kids be less resilient than they used to be. Yeah. And, oh, and the yeah. anxiety's up. And that makes sense. Like if you feel resilient, then you're not anxious of what could happen because you have been through hard things, you've survived, and there's a confidence that you'll do it again mm-hmm. versus you haven't had a hard thing that you've met and overcome. And so you're fearful of when you meet a hard thing. I mean, I do think they're all connected, And so it makes sense that having walked through it with your kids Mm -hmm. would build their resiliency for future.
1: Well, and and to to help our children understand, you know, Jesus said in this world, you'll have tribulation. This is a hard world. This is a broken world. And, and, And to say, I am so sorry that this person offended you. And let me take you out, you know, let's go out for coffee, hamburger, whatever the child wants. And let's be friends, or let's watch a movie together, or whatever. You're, you're there both companioning them and giving them wisdom, and you're also there meeting their needs. And um, I feel like there's a verse that I often talked with my children about in the Psalms that says, um, God trains our hands for war and our fingers for battle. And I would say, I just love who you are because you're becoming a warrior for light. And you're learning so much about standing strong. And I see such capacity in you to be a blessing to your friends and to the world. And, and so I think sometimes it's so important for moms to understand this, the way that they narrate the world to their children, the way that they speak forward into their children's lives matters so much. And I was talking to somebody the other day that said that, um, she regularly cried every morning in the shower and then she went out and she put on a good face with her children. God is with us. We're going to do just fine. (laughs) And sometimes I, I, we don't have to be fake in front of our children, but I do think that as adults, it's important for us not to pass on a legacy of fear and worry, but to pass on a legacy of, you know what? These are real tears but I feel like we're going to see the goodness of God. So I think it is important for moms to understand that their children are looking at them to learn how they will deal with difficulties when they're adults by experiencing it.
0: Now. It sounds like you're acknowledging their pain. So it's almost like you're walking them through a lament process mm-hmm. too. You're, you're mm-hmm. not saying it's fine. Get over it. Dismissing it. No, You're that, that just acknowledging it. Yeah. You're acknowledging it. You're walking alongside them in it, providing that comfort and also reassuring them with the truth of who God is in the midst of it and, and Mm -hmm. not, you know, sugarcoating it. We always hear those little things. We wish people of faith didn't say to one another to dismiss our hardships, like, oh, it'll, it'll work out. It's going to be fine. God's good in, in a dismissive way. But I think I love the examples you gave and, Mm -hmm. and how to do that for our kids. How do, as moms, like if we're feeling, cause a lot of moms have reached out lately that they are overwhelmed, which is fear related, mm-hmm. but also I think just completely. Exhaustion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> complete, there's not, nothing to pull from. And mm-hmm. so this whole being that for our kids, when we aren't, can't be it for ourselves, right, what tips right. do you have for that mom? Well, I wrote about
1: that actually, because, um. You know, I, I remember a time when I was especially really clinically depressed. I mean, I, I had the hardest time getting up in the morning. I was so overcome by different things in life. And one of my friends said, I, I just don't know how to help you. This is just awful what's happening. And, um, and she said, all I know to do is to buy you a massage. Hmm. And so she sent me, uh, you know, a gift of a massage, one massage. And I was shocked at how much better I felt <laughs> after the massage, you know, I was able to look at, and I'm not making light of things, but uh, that's why I can't wait. I just love your, the idea of your um, book. And I love that you talk to women about um, not momming alone and companioning each other. And because I think that uh, a woman alone in her own home, in the midst of this very dark culture becomes a target for discouragement. Yeah. and and for being down. And so, um, as many people know, they make fun of me for how many cups of tea I have a day, (laughs) but (laughs) I have anchors in my day, you know, when I get up in the morning uh, because I, I have a personality and this is my only life too. Uh, it's not just for the kids. It's my only life to live well. And so I, I do light my candles, put on music, um, make my hot cup of tea, and I sit quietly. I have to start my day with no one touching me or asking anything of me. I have uh, regular times, anchors in the week where I call a friend or every Saturday morning I go out to breakfast with a friend or with one of my girls. And every, every afternoon I have a tea time, a one-woman tea time, where I have 10 minutes all by myself to do whatever I want. You know, there are books I read. There are people that uh, one of my friends said – whoever you get together with regularly over the next 10 years will be the cherished friend of your life. And so I have about five friends that I regularly call or get together with at least once a year. By that, I mean, several of them live um, overseas or out of town. And so I I do think, I mean, it's different for different women, but I think when you find yourself getting angry over small things or crying too easily or whatever it is, that's yourself talking to yourself, saying, okay, there's something going wrong here. What can we do about it? I, I talk to myself all the time. But I, <laughs> I notice that when I'm when I'm really grumpy or angry or whatever, I have to look inside and go, okay, I am depleted. What am I, what am I going to plan and do about it? Because it is such a marathon. And and I learned probably in my mid-40s more than any other time, that if i wasn't taking care of my emotional physical mental health no one else is going to. Yeah. And so i i started making plans for what that looked like.
0: I have shared with you all in the past about how much i love thrive market and i've shared how i've bought you know, clean cleaning products, how I've bought yummy treats for our dog, Charlie. Well, I was looking at what was in my cart for this month and I was like, it's so random, but it's so fantastic. Like I needed sugar-free ketchup and it's been on my shopping list for a long time. And I either keep forgetting to get it or it's not at the grocery store. So I have that in my Thrive Market cart. I also have vanilla extract, which is, I like to save a little bit of money on. It always feels so ridiculously expensive to buy, and it's 44% off when I buy it through Thrive Market. I also realized that I used to have this oil I would put on my face, and I've run out, and I thought, you know, I could go to Thrive Market, read through their reviews of a good face skincare oil, and so I have one of those in my cart. If you have not checked out Thrive Market. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. It's basically an online membership-based market with a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They're going to deliver what you need so you spend more time on what matters. So I'm spending less time wandering around the grocery looking for sugar-free ketchup. You also enjoy member-only prices. They work directly with your favorite organic brands. They have so many different, if you have a specific diet that your family is, uh, like a keto or gluten-free, they have all those specialty brands and products, uh, vegan, non-GMO, fair trade, certified, etc. If that's not enough reason, Thrive Market is also good for you and the planet. The orders are shipped free and delivered with carbon-neutral shipping from their zero-waste warehouse. So go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. Join today to get $20 off your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash DMA. Get $20 off your first order and a free gift. Thrivemarket.com slash DMA. I think you gave us permission just now. (laughs) And a a reminder that we can, do you ever feel that way? I I mean, you now have these anchors, but there are seasons where I'm like, oh, I can cut up that lime and put it in my water and feel fancy. I can Didn't (laughs) take much time, but now I feel a lot like more in control of my life or, you know, I have a friend who recently had a cancer diagnosis and I said, let's, are you, you want to go with me and get our nails done? Yeah, I said, I think that I feel more in control of my life when my nails are done. And she's like, I just feel in charge (laughs) because, you know, she's looking at all these doctor's appointments and all this challenge. And I'm thinking, I know when I'm about to have a lot of things that require me to do new things, I feel more in charge when I get my nails done. So I think it's, but it's like reminding yourself that you can, that Mm -hmm. you are the owner of your life, which we did an episode on that. You and I Mm -hmm. on own your life. We just, we sometimes forget. Um, there's this word that's going around at this stage of the pandemic languishing.
1: Mm-hmm. You just don't
0: even have the desire to do the thing that, you know, is going to help you. And so mm-hmm. you scroll absentmindedly or you, yeah. and, and they're even saying, you know, that's fine. Just acknowledge that that's where you are. <laughs> so you don't feel this additional pressure to do the things, but they're still like, what would, what wouldn't help my soul sing? What? what is good for me? And I think self-care becomes this word that also then becomes taboo and wrong or overwhelming in itself. Um, Mm -hmm. But permission to be a person, that's your life. That's good. Yeah. And also
1: permission to be yourself. I am. um, I'm probably uh, literally ADD uh, pass it on to my kids. And so I, I really love, need a lot of stimulation Mm-hmm. I love adventure. I love to travel. Um, you know, when my kids were driving me crazy, I would throw them in the car, put on a odyssey, you know, focus of the family story of some sort or whatever, yes, maybe a little, yes. and we would go on a destination like 20 miles to the farthest away ice cream shop, you know, because I knew that if I could get them out of the house and distract them, that they would bother me less, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, that yeah. there were just times when we needed stuff. And, um, I've realized that I don't listen to other people's standards because I'm, <laughs> I'm a unique person. And if, yeah. and I live my life, my way, I live my life, my story my way um, because I'm the one responsible for trying to help myself. I'm a, I'm an earring and lipstick girl. Um, my girls are now too. It's funny because every single morning when I get up, if I put on lipstick and earrings, I think, okay. Um, you know, like your, your nail thing, but um I don't feel guilty for having a few anchors in my life that really help me because people are just going to be drawing from me the rest of my life, every day, all the time. And um, you know, I've always talked about how you, whatever is inside of you, and you try to pour it out. If there's nothing inside of you, you're not going to have anything to pour out. Yeah. And um, so you got to figure out. Okay, I need regular things in my life every week, and that's what I call anchors, rhythms, and anchors that are just momentary. I'm going to fill back up. I'm going to um, maybe blow off all the responsibilities of this day. And yesterday, my son and daughter-in-law, and I, when we, he does every week with his wife, which is great. Him, um, he calls it Adventure Days, and. He finds a new location for them to go to every Wednesday, whether it's up in the mountains or a hotel lobby where they have, um, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever it is. And I, I went with them on adventure day yesterday, and it was so fun just to escape for two hours and realize how many beautiful places there were that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. And then we came back, and reality was still there, but we felt better.
0: Hundred percent, reality was still there. So uh-huh. I hear you saying we lament. And our faith grows in the process. We have our anchors. What are some other ways forward for drowning?
1: I think that um, all of us in life at some point are going to be disappointed with people. Yeah. Our family called them ERPs, the <laughs> irrational people, plural. And sometimes we would say, oh my goodness, I've been ERPed again. And, and so we all knew what that was. And I think that one of the things I learned um, I had somebody who. Many actually, but a particular person who really was hateful, gossiping about me, jealous, spreading rumors, and um, I just kept rehearsing it in my mind. You know, mm. This not fair, and I can't believe she said this. And you know what? W- and I realized along the way, when I don't move to a place of dealing with the irrational people in my life, the people that maybe will never be healthy, um, when I take in the poison that they. giving it just poisons me Mm -hmm. and so I talk in the book about what is the process of moving from being very emotionally hurt to healing and moving beyond it because I didn't want to become a victim of other people's irrationality and so I think that there is there are many things I tried to write in the book that are really biblical wisdom to help us to thrive. And um, a lot of times I'll tell people that a foundation for any good influence is unconditional love. And so I do say that we need to develop unconditional love, but I also have ways forward. What if when loving someone or forgiving someone is very difficult, what do you do? Because I think there are processes and it is, um, we become softer and more humble when we learn to forgive unforgivable people. Um, But so I I think there are many different facets to this whole area of storms. We are, we're not just a mind um, to think thoughts, but we are emotions. We are a spiritual soul. We are a body to take care of that needs exercise or, you know, I, I go out walking five to 10 miles a day because it settles me and I can dream and think and pray and be with friends. And, but there are many different ways of healing.
0: So with the ERPS, mm-hmm. to go back mm-hmm. to the ERPS, I think compounded with the pandemic and the political things, we all have mm-hmm. handfuls of ERPs. Right. <laughs> and and what I hear you saying is it's part of the drowning is that energy we're spending turning over in our minds that negative relationship. Mm-hmm. And so in order to help with the drowning. We need mm-hmm. to go through the work of repairing and moving on possibly from that relationship.
1: I definitely think so. I think, um, I had never heard of borderline personality disorder. Hmm. Um, and so the more I read about it, the more I could take what had happened to me in context. I'd never, um, uh, I didn't know the word, you know, it's popular now, but I didn't know a narcissist or what narcissism meant. Yeah. So reading about it, understanding it, um, another friend is um, very, um, I don't know, they don't use Asperger's anymore. They use Spectrum. But um, I didn't know that they had no ability to be uh, affectionate or emotional. So I I was taking things personally that I should never have taken personally. The more I read, the more I understood. And so I I do feel like there is, uh, you know, when you look at a, a, a private going into war You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have his legs. He doesn't know everything and he's not very seasoned and things tend to upset him more or her more, whoever. But then when you look at a general or a colonel, they are seasoned. They have been through many battles. They have learned the ropes. They have garnered wisdom. And so they are more able to come up against great formidable enemies because they've learned what to do to find courage and to be at peace and to keep taking a step forward And so that's kind of what I think, again, your book and your ideas, um, having wise companions, looking for people who are wise, not just emulating every foolish person on the internet, but actually looking for those rare people who have fruit in their lives that you would like to have in your own life.
0: Throughout this whole conversation, every time you're saying something, I'm like, oh yeah, and Sally, you've influenced me in that. And We did a conversation on, you know, with your son about being, having kids that are different. And it was because of you that my mentor started a mom heart group and I was guided. I think every mom has their own unique struggles, like we've said. And so to have a person in your real life that can talk you through it versus, you know, Sally and I are so limited. We don't know. We don't know what you're walking (laughs) through right now. We can give advice in general, but to have specific. Uh, guidance for your issue. That's what I'm, you know, Sally's passionate. I'm passionate because we've experienced it and been Mm -hmm. on both sides of a mentee and a mentor. And um, the, just the power of that. I'm, I'm thinking too, like, I love your general and your soldier idea. I'm thinking of moms who, whatever storm they're going through or challenge or where they feel like they're drowning, there's this additional burden or lie that they've been here before and they mm-hmm. haven't changed or grown. They're not seeing that. Yeah, Although yeah. I don't believe it's true. I think it's one of the enemy's tactics to keep them even more discouraged mm-hmm, is here mm-hmm. you are again. See, yeah. you've never, you haven't learned anything. You haven't grown. You don't have deeper faith because you're drowning again. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so true. That's so true. And I, I do think that with our personality comes a uh, fragility. Like I am a feeler and I can get my feelings hurt. And then I just want to quit it all and run away from people. (laughs) I get
0: that. uh, (laughs) I'm there with you.
1: Yes. (laughs) And not everybody. Some people get angry. Some people get critical. But I I learned that about myself over the years. And I think if I just wait long enough, I will calm down and I have the capacity. I have agency to decide and capacity to do things that will actually um, be good for Sally. And sometimes, you know, it's just having that friend that you can talk to about it See, that really, you know, oh, that hurt me. And then the friend that doesn't try to fix you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the friend that goes, oh, there goes Sally again. Yeah, sweetheart, I'm sorry. That we just need, um, there are times, and there have been times, uh, especially in my life as a, a leader and a mama of four adult kids, when I don't have anyone to talk to. But I have learned so much to just understand that God is sympathetic, that Jesus companions me. I picture him with me. I talk to him about it. And I have the habit of learning. I have a choice to make. Am I going to stay in this place or am I going to heal? And so I think even with personality, like you said, I don't have to live in the places of, oh, here it is again. Um, I can say, here it is again. and. I don't have to stay in this place and I can understand that this is where I really need you to companion me, God.
0: And I think also what you're saying is if we've had those mom companions, they can speak the truth over us when we don't want to, we don't hear it for ourselves that, yep, you, you may have this pattern, but you're, you are so much further. The -hmm. way you responded back in our early twenties was different than you're responding now in our thirties or forties. You know, I, yeah. I've seen the change in you. And just to have that outsider perspective when we can't see. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen value and other people have spoken that over me.
1: I do think too, so I just want to address something really quick. And I know we need to move on. And I want to talk <laughs> about your book, but I think that, and I might offend a lot of people right now, but I'm getting old and I don't have my friends <laughs> alone <over> anymore either. <laughs> but um I think that um sometimes believers are so instead of saying i'm really sorry i don't even know how you're going to make it this is really a hard thing.
0: Yeah.
1: We need to be able to say that to people because some people's scars and some people's pain is so hard it's just beyond our imagination because i think that we're so used to giving reductive answers. Yeah. Well, yeah. just trust god, just be strong, just have mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. And yes, those are all a, a a part of a bigger whole. But sometimes we need To understand that, um, you know, Psalm 22, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And yes, in in verse 5 or verse 4, he he said, yet you are holy. But it said he endured the cross. He despised the shame. I think that God allows for us, and we need to allow for other people to recognize the ugly or shame when it's wrong. People are given shame and they shouldn't have been we need to companion them in their sorrow and that's just as godly as giving them some kind of a reductive answer and i think a lot of times people say things cuz they're trying to help someone right right but, but i think sympathy comes before healing
0: yeah I, there's a and i've mentioned this multiple times even to the point where one of my friends is like how do i get training on this We did a 12 step recovery and then we did process groups. And part of the process Mm -hmm. groups is that you let the person share and you don't say anything. You can maybe ask some clarifying questions and then you ask them what they need. So you aren't just giving what you think they need, which is advice or just some sort of, you know, flippant encouragement, but they may just need containment. They may just need to have a space where they can share the hard thing Mm -hmm. and it stays there (laughs) and you're that safe person for them. and so if as believers, we get better at that of um, yes, our hearts places to, to help and to be that encouragement. Um, but sometimes that encouragement is like what you said, man, that's hard. If you know, I can imagine if I was in that situation, I would feel those feelings and keep well, an and it,
1: it. It brings us back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Sometimes we don't even know we're so depleted, but when a person is sympathetic it touches us. Um, The other day I was out with a friend and she said, let me buy your coffee. Mm -hmm. And tears sprang to my eyes. I thought, what? You're crying because somebody's buying you a cup of coffee? Well, I didn't even know that I needed someone in the world to notice me. Because Mm -hmm. I think that as women, as you said, we are the civilizers, the holder-uppers, um, sometimes we stuff our emotions because there is no other choice at the moment yeah. or we're strong because everybody needs us to be strong. Yeah. And then when we get sympathy, I mean, it was just a cup of coffee. And I mean, my friend just died laughing at me because there were tears rolling down my face. And she said, mm-hmm. boy, you must not have many nice people in your life.
0: <laughs> but um, I, can, I can totally relate to that. We have, uh, you know, our small group, we had a dinner and I walked in and I saw how beautifully she'd set the table mm-hmm. and I bawled my eyes out. She's <laughs> like, what's going? It up. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And I said, I just feel so honored that you took the time to set this beautiful table for us and just invited us. I don't, I just, I totally hear you. And I know there are women that are crying that they feel that whole, that they don't have that right now in their lives. And just mm-hmm. all that the year and a half has broad and all the division and, and they're grieving. And you and I both would say, create the thing you want,
1: (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, well, it's been so fun. I don't want to keep.
0: You're amazing. Everybody check out Sally's book, help. I'm drowning. What's the subtitle weathering the storms of life with grace and hope (laughs) dead on for right now, Sally. That is perfect. I love it. And of course, we'll link to all the episodes I've done with Sally that we kind of alluded to in this episode. And just really, I can't even put words to how thankful I am for you and so so honored that you endorsed my book and have just lifted me up. The first time I met you, you said, come to my house. I was like, well, who is this person? She's amazing. (laughs) So generous Uh and kind and hospitable. So thank you always. If I haven't said it before.
1: Wouldn't we just love being together over over a Ugh. cup of tea or coffee? <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, anytime. Thank
0: anytime.
1: you, Heather. And I just love what you're doing. You're so I love confident. the way that you companion people, but also you have such very poignant, informed wisdom. So we will continue to have times together to talk about these things.
0: Love it. Thank okay. you. Of course. We have put all of that info we shared in the show notes, links, et cetera, to her books. And she is so kind. She's going to have me on her podcast to talk about my book, which, speaking of, tomorrow, September 7th, our first email goes out to anyone who pre-ordered and who filled out the form over at DontMomAlone.com forward slash book. When you sign up, fill out that form, you're going to get goodies like a free copy of the audiobook, and you're gonna get weekly little encouragements that walk you through the content of the book. My friend Courtney Cleveland and I recorded those and you'll also get a special invite to a launch team where we're gonna do a girlfriend getaway giveaway. All that stuff is happening. So go over to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book, pre-order, fill out the form. I don't want you to miss it. And yeah, I think that's it. I am going to pray for us. I know there is so much going on and I've been hoping that I can be a place of encouragement for you, but only God can really be that. And so I would love to point you back to him. So here we go. Lord, I thank you that you have promised to be present with us, even in circumstances like storms even when headlines and news and all that's going on in our world is chaotic and loud and overwhelming, that you tell us, do not fear. So even though fear is rising up in us, help us to give that back to you. Help us to ask you what we are afraid of. Help us to lean on your goodness and your grace in the midst of it. Help us to let our kids walk through hard things and to recognize that that may be their future platform of compassion and grace and understanding for their friends, for their own generation, and that we wouldn't rob them of those challenges so that they can draw closer to you, so they can know you in an intimate way. And I pray, Lord, that we um, would be moms who believe you more than we trust in our circumstances, or the things around us. Thank you for Sally. I pray for her and all that is going on in her life and for her children and their ministries. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, for being here. I'll be back next week with a ridiculously fun conversation. Big Mama and Boo Mama are coming together to join me on the podcast. See you here next week.